I have a way of looking at life, and that is something of it being orchestrated. We have this master conductor. And several months ago, I met Dr. D. Dr. D and I were chatting, and she said, I need you to meet my mom. I think you guys really will hit it off and that you have a lot of similar interests and goals and and your your purpose and your mission in life in helping others. And Jana is Dr. D's mom. So thank you, D, for introducing me to your mom. Welcome to Karen the Load podcast. Ten years ago, Jana Short was dealing with some digestive issues that required her to be fed through a tube. This meant that she had to carry a backpack that provided her with nutrients for 18 hours every day. Unfortunately, the nutrients were not working well with her organs, and it was obvious to all that she wouldn't be able to continue on much longer. Jana accepted her fate, but she was on a quest to make some awesome memories with her grandchildren. It took her on an adventure, an adventure that changed her life from simply existing to thriving. Join us as Jana shares her adventure with us on Karen the Load today. Welcome to Karen the Load podcast. I'm Annette Anderson, and I am so happy to have Jana Short here with us today. So Jana, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Jana Short is a renowned global influencer and mindset coach in the health and wellness industry. She is also an NLP, RTT, practitioner, best-selling author, public speaker. Oh, my health. There is hope podcast host, and Best Holistic Life magazine editor. Jana currently works creating online global influencers, teaching her clients to not only remove blocks that are holding them back, but how to start that love affair with your potential online clients. She has recently been recognized and featured in Monica Garg's Influential Women of the World Global Influencers 2020. Las Vegas Entrepreneurs Magazine, Top 25 Entrepreneurs for 2020 Issue, and the cover of December's Best Holistic Life Magazine. Jana is getting the message of hope out into the world in a huge way, changing the world one health expert at a time. Jana, you are amazing. Thank you. That was a mouthful. I got to figure out how to shorten that. I love it, which was this amazing, amazing um, connection. And I was so excited when I got to uh, talk with Jana and um, get to know her a little bit. And I thought, you know what? She needs to be a guest on Karen the Load. I love that name. I can't even keep telling you how much I love the name of your podcast. (laughs) Well, thank you. One of my favorite things, and one of the first things that you shared with me, Jana, is you shared with me your story. And as I was looking online um, in preparation for our little podcast here today, if I can, you can. Will you tell me a little bit more about that one little phrase, if I can, you can? 
it's possible for everyone. I want everyone to know there's hope. That is my message to the world is there hope. And if I can do this, I'm nobody special. I'm not unique in any way. I just had a shift in my mindset. And because of that little shift in my mindset, things started happening in my life and my health started improving. By the way, I want people to understand that what I had is not cured, but here I am nine years later, thriving in my, that was the best decade. My fifties were incredible. I can't wait to see what my sixties are going to give me or my eighties or nineties. So I'm, I just skipped the seventies. I don't know why, <laughs> but I want you to know that if I can do it, you can do it, whatever it is you want. Cause you're, you're unique, you're beautiful and you can make things happen. You just have to want to do it. You have to want to do it is a key. And that mind shift is key. Like you, so much of my um, my health journey, my chronic illnesses over the 20-plus years, there aren't cured, if you will, but so much better. Where I've gone from survival, thought I was dying, basically I was a slow death, to this thriving Will you tell us what was going on specifically in your life before you had this shift and this adventure started for you? Oh, yeah, I will. <laughs> I'm going to be really honest to you. And it's not I'm not super proud of it, but I was very superficial. I was an interior designer living in Los Angeles in a very ritzy area of Los Angeles with my husband. And um I remember for me, success meant I had the newest Hermes bag and I was wearing my Louis Vuitton shoes, you know, and my Chanel all over because I still love Chanel. I'm just going to tell you, I love pretty things. But to that's me, okay. when I walked in to meet with a client, I knew if they saw that bag or those shoes, they thought success, right? That was my vision of what success looked like and what my life was all about. But when I got sick, it knocked me off my feet, literally knocked me off my feet. And when you realize I'm not, I'm not taking that uh, Hermes bag and I'm not taking those Louboutins, somebody else is going to get them. It's really not that important. And when I came home literally to die, it was either let's keep you in the hospital, make you as comfortable as possible through your process of moving on, or you can go home. And I wanted to be home. I feel like I didn't go in dying and here I am in the hospital. All of a sudden, what's going on? So I just wanted to come home because I had a new grandbaby. I really wanted to spend some time with them. He was our fifth grandson. And um, when I got home, I remember when I was holding him, he was nine weeks old thinking, I, how, how is he going to remember me? Like, how will he have one memory of me? Not, not the simplest memories of what it sounded like when I laughed or how I pinched his little cheeks and threw kisses all over him or what it smelled like when I, when I held him, like little things that we honestly don't think about. And all of a sudden that was that mind shift. I never thought I would be here nine years later. Never. Cause I was told I wouldn't, it wasn't possible, but here I am. And the mindset wasn't to survive. The mindset was, I don't care. I have this moment. How do I create something right now that hopefully he will remember? And it went from a string of memories, like creating a string of memories. I now have seven grandchildren. And I can tell you that at Christmas, we give memories. At Christmas, we try to get all together on, at some spot because the cousins all live in different states. And, you know, I don't get as much time with my children as I like. 
and we create memories. And when I asked them, what'd you get for Christmas last year before it would be, I don't know, like they can't remember the gift that you sweated about and you struggled on and you, you had to like find the finances for it. They do not remember, but they remember, oh, we were at the beach house. Oh, I remember we were, we were making gingerbread houses and they, those are the things, the gifts that I know they're remembering. So my new life (laughs) is stringing memories together with my family, with my friends, with my coworkers, like I just take it a moment when I something amazing happens and I'm like that, I'm going to remember and I'm taking it with me. I love that thought. It is the memories that, that last forever. It's those memories, those feelings associated with the memories, the laughter, the tears, everything that stays with us. The things, they don't. They don't matter. They're nice. Doesn't mean we can't enjoy our Chanel and the nice things and the things that we love, but those aren't the things that stay with us. So thank you for for explaining that and stringing those memories. So you started living in a very different way and um, creating memories in a very different way. You were on a feeding tube. Stomach completely removed. So the only way for me to eat was through a feeding tube and they give you something called TPN and it's synthetic. And I'm grateful that we have this because people are in comas, things like that. That's how they survive and sustain life. But um, for me, it was synthetic and my body was like, oh, I hell no. I don't know what that is. (laughs) We don't want it. This foreign thing, it's not going to work. And then you found something that helped you, that helped your body. So it's given you this sustaining um, tool for your body that now you're living in a way that you didn't think was possible anymore. And you created, you're creating memories and having adventures and everything shifted. You know, one of the things that I have learned over the years, and I think it's come with experiences, heartache is that the importance of being real, the importance of becoming um, deep, genuine, not that shallow person that you described in the beginning. One of the things before we started this this uh, this show was I told you how much I loved that you were real. I didn't know we were going to talk about it. I didn't know you were going to describe yourself as you did. But what connected us was being real and vulnerable. So thank you. My pleasure. Will you share with our audience today about your trip, creating memories, and one of the places that was on your bucket list? Tell me about this experience when you were in Peru. So first of all, if you haven't been to Peru, you need to go because it is a beautiful country. But when we went to Peru, we, we wanted to climb Machu Picchu because we're, I create memories with my husband as much as possible. I want, we get on safaris. We've um, been to the glaciers and Patag- not Patagonia. Yeah. Patagonia. We've been to um, Prague. Like we've been to so many places to create these beautiful memories. We just did a, a, a African safari, but um, when we were in Peru specifically, um, it's a very spiritual place, and we were going to Machu Picchu, and the way they take you to Machu Picchu is they take you to the highest point before so that your lungs can, like, 
get stressed out. So I think we're at like something like 13 or 14,000 feet. And um, then they, you stay there a couple of days and then they bring you back down. So when you get to Machu Picchu, you feel like, wow, I feel like I have been on the beach, like on sea level, because your lungs are like relaxed. But when we went to this high peak, we were climbing up there. I think it's called Condor Point or something like that, because they have these gigantic condors that fly around there. At all the way up this mountain, everywhere you look are Karens, everywhere. And they're little ones, big ones, and they just go out. It's like a desert, but the desert's full of them because the elevation is so high, you don't get tree growth. And so you, you see them everywhere. And so I asked our guide, like, why are all these rock things out here? And he started to explain to me that through for centuries, like this is an old school process for them. They've done it forever. The Incans were doing all these people from way back when were doing it. They would fill bags and load them on their back and climb the mountain. The higher they got, the more that they would receive and the heavier their load was, the more they would receive, but they would carry these. It's kind of like us nowadays fasting and praying, right? We're giving of something. We're sacrificing something. Their sacrifice was climbing up the mountain with these rocks on their back. And I'm telling you, if that was how I had to be saved, <laughs> I could barely breathe just going up. I could hardly carry my purse. And here they did. They hiked up this mountain. I was in a bus with these rocks on their back and they would stack them beautifully. And that's where they would kneel and pray and ask for whatever they were asking for. And honestly, when I saw how many they were and how long this has been going on, they laid there untouched. It was unbelievable that that they like believed in what they were doing so much that they carried this heavy load up there. But can you imagine that walk down? Like you carry that heavy load and you release it there with whatever it is you're releasing to whoever your God is there. And then you go down with this light load and this experience. Like I just thought, wow, that was pretty incredible. I loved when you shared that story with me and thank you for sharing it again. And I want you to know it's on my bucket list to go there and to see to see with my own eyes, to feel this spiritual place. It has to be a spiritual place because of the centuries of people laying down their burdens. Now, in your work and being a coach and a mind, a mindfulness coach and helping people succeed in their different areas of life and their expertise. You help them rise to that next level with some of your um, tools and your tips and, and training and, and things that are really valuable. But haven't you found that sometimes we are stuck because our load is so heavy that we haven't let down that burden and that burden might be what's stopping us? Yes and no. And let me tell you, nine times out of 10, when I'm working with someone and they are carrying a heavy load, that's not even their load. They're carrying the load that everyone's put on their shoulders. And I'm talking about from when you were really small until this point, and every time something happens, another brick, another brick, another rock, right? In your bag that you're carrying. And the first thing I tell them when I'm working with them is it's not yours. 
like you, you can create your own baggage, right? Right. (laughs) So let's just pack it up and give it back. Let them carry it. (laughs) This was their ideas. This was their, you know, thoughts of what was happening. These are their issues to deal with and work through. It's really their journey. You're carrying on your back. So um, once we start working through what that is, what really is theirs and what really belongs to someone else, it really starts causing a mind shift. And one of the most important things that all of you can start doing now is start creating that beautiful blueprint in your brain. Like your brain is incredible. It doesn't know that it can't happen, that it's not possible unless you tell it that. So I put things all over my home. So as I'm walking to the refrigerator to grab something or I'm brushing my teeth in the mirror, there's a message there. And It's been there for so long that I don't even think I'm seeing it anymore, but I'm promising you, your mind is picking it up. It's creating that blueprint and it's sending you on your way, not knowing that there's, there's places that you're going to hit that it's going to be difficult to get there. It doesn't know that. So start creating that beautiful blueprint in your brain of where you want to go and start celebrating that trip there because it happens really quickly. I love that idea because multiple things there that you said you know we do carry others loads and and they aren't ours to carry but we're there to help um support them in their journey show them that we've made it someone has done it before you you're on the right path all of those things but it's not our burden to carry but there's ways to support them. So I love that. And I love the little notes, the reminders that you've placed throughout your home that are helping you to create that beautiful blueprint. I have those reminders all around. If you could see my, my office right now, it is everywhere. I've got all these things downstairs, through the house, just like you, just creating that beautiful blueprint. And like you, I didn't know I was, you know, sometimes I don't even recognize it. Other times I focus on it because it helps me get through being unstuck or get through whatever is is going on. One of the things that I loved that you um, just shared on your Instagram. And here is the question. Are you living or just existing? That was the prompt. And I want you to know that I stopped. I wasn't just scrolling through and lurking. I, I stopped and I thought about it. Am I living or just existing? Jenna, talk to us about that. Talk to us about that post and why. So I I was healthy before I got sick, right? For 50 years, I was healthy. And I was really honestly existing. I had um, everything I ever needed, right? I was provided for very well. I had beautiful friends. I had great kids. But honestly, I was just existing because I was in that go to work, get up, do this, do that, right? And it, there was it was just a routine. There was absolutely... I wasn't stopping to look at anything. I wasn't stopping to engage in anything. When I say engage, if I saw a friend, I'd wave, hi, how are you? But I didn't stop and really ask, hey, how are you today? It was just what comes out of your mouth when you see a friend. And so to me, that was just existing. 
today, because I'm so grateful for being here, that I know I'm thriving. And it's so sad for me that I waited till I was 50 to really enjoy every moment. And so I do take that moment to be like, oh my gosh, how are you? I've been thinking about you and make sure I'm making eye contact. I'm touching. Well, as much as I can in COVID, but I'm like really asking I want to, I really want to know so that they actually feel that. And I'm taking that with me. I'm absorbing it. It's a beautiful memory that they're sharing with me. And I'm literally living in the moment because I wasn't supposed to be here. These are beautiful, gifted moments. I keep telling people I'm going to be here until I'm 107 years old. Um, and we'll see. <laughs> That's my blueprint, right? My body doesn't know it's not possible. So I'm telling it this is how long we're going to be here. So um, I, I just am enjoying every single moment and finding that beauty. And if my grandkids call me, I'll tell you what, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I pick up the phone and they know that like they're, they're my world and that I love them. Same with my kids. You know, I know it's important to me now. And I know that it doesn't matter. Like if I would have died, like I should have, it wouldn't have mattered where I was in my work. Uh, and I promise on my deathbed when people say this, I wasn't thinking, oh, I should have completed this job. I should have you know, done this. It wasn't. It was like, how do I how do I make a memory with my grandbaby? It's not going to be those things. So now I know it's like I have this little insight, like you don't know how much you have here, how much time there is to you. So you better take advantage of every single second. So I literally thrive in every single moment. And it has been a beautiful, like I said, decade. It's been amazing. Such a gift, that learning, that mind shift from leaving the hospital to coming home to create these these memories, not knowing how long you have, but here you are. Now it's connections. Now it's deep love. Now it's, you know, does someone really know that I really do care about them? That's what's important in life. And I love it. You, you had so many comments on that one simple post. Are you living or just existing? And I know that there are countless others that saw that, that stopped and have been evaluating and thinking about that throughout their day. And they didn't stop to, to write because you know, it really does affect us. There was another um, another thing I saw that, that just made me laugh. You shared an experience at a funeral where, um, do you want to share the experience? You're laughing here. I, I see you. <laughs> see, this is the other reason I love you so much is we both laugh a lot. I will share it. Okay. And you, you correct me. But you were just asking if any of us have ever been to a funeral where someone's sharing, you know, this this memory. And, you know, those there that are gathered in the congregation just start chuckling. And, you know, here's this funeral, but yet we're all kind of laughing at the same time, right? And this was a memory of a woman. Was it your mom? Or just, it was your mother, fell in a swimming pool dressed ready to go to church and not too happy. <laughs> it's exactly what we needed at the moment. <laughs> and I I just started laughing because I could visualize this experience. 
And then I related it to to my own experience and how we got through the journey through laughter. Mm-hmm. And and I remember um you know the days following my son's death and we would be sitting there gathered as a family, you know, the kids and and Mark and I and you know others friends or family whoever's you know had come by to visit and we're laughing as we're sharing these memories. We're sharing stories and experiences. You know, tears are coming down, but at the same time, we're laughing because they were so funny. And these memories, and there was so much healing that came with the laughter and the memory. And, you know, whether it was that or, you know, at his funeral, you know, my daughter talked about him Reed not knowing that someone else was in the house and downstairs and he's in his room and he's belting this song out this it's it's a it was a medley of songs between this this EFY song is talking about the you know the armies that went forth and then these sisters and he's belting the sisters part out the sisters in Zion and she opens the door on him and he jumps and is so embarrassed and Anyway, she's sharing this over, you know, at the funeral, and everybody is just busting up laughing. And it, your your experience and you're sharing that brought back memories for me. But there is such healing with laughter. There is. Do you need a prescription to laugh? Because you should. It releases that beautiful endorphin, and you want to remember those fun moments, right? That's what why we have these great minds to remember those things. I just I I think that laughter breaks up. Have you ever been in an argument and your husband in the middle of the argument says something funny and all of a sudden you're like, what? What did he say? And you start laughing and then all of a sudden all that anger dissipates and he starts laughing. You're like, okay, we'll talk about this later. I know. There's such power in this. And I think sometimes we're just so determined we're in a situation and we can't laugh at ourselves and we can't make fun of different things. My kids today still laugh and bring things up that I said, you know, there was one time, another challenging time. And I said, we are a normal family. And I'm pounding, you know, my fist on the dinner table. We're a normal family. We're going to have fun and we're going to enjoy this vacation and we're going to make memories. And I mean, I'm like telling myself we're a normal family. And today, to this day, 15 years later, they will break out the, we are a normal family. We will have fun. We will do this. And, you know, I'm embarrassed, but we all end up laughing because laughter was the only way to get through the journey. So what are some, you know, you, you have come so far in your journey so far in this simple yet such powerful mind shift. What can you share with our listeners to help them find that mind shift? Because some of you are living in that survival mode. They're just existing. They might even think this is going to push them over the edge if we have to do one more thing. How can a mind shift help Settle the soul, 
help them find that joy in the in the journey and be really truly thrive as they are living and not just exist. So I'm going to give them two tips. When I grew up, I grew up in a family that was, I think, very insightful at the time. At least my stepfather was. And he would always say, and so did my mom, if I would say something negative, they would say, watch what you say. You get the words of your mouth. And if I spoke those words, that would be what I attract to me, right? And so I was always really careful to always speak positive. Yeah, I'm going to get an A in in math, right? Who's going to, I'm not getting an A in math, but I would say, yeah, I'm going to get an A. I'm getting an A plus, you know, the door. Here's what they didn't tell me. That little monkey voice in my head that says, you're just lying. You are not getting an egg. You do not got this. And that kept saying these things to me. I didn't stop right then and, and reframe what was going on in my head. But those words I spoke, I was halfway there, but I didn't do the most important part of it by stopping it. And to this day, I still have to stop myself from thinking, wait, back up. That is not happening. I don't know where that thought came from. And I reframe it really quickly and move on. So I want you to like think about what goes on in your head. But this is going to lead into my tip two. Be kind to yourself. Stop being so hard on yourself. I want you to speak to yourself like you would a small child. I, like I want you to say, you got this. You got this. I'm so proud of you. You can do this. Keep, I tell myself that every day. I get scared still. I'm, I'll tell you something that's not even out yet. I got asked to be on the cover of Los Angeles Entrepreneur Magazine for September. And of course, I said, yes. But then I started thinking, wait, why am I doing this? I shouldn't be on the cover. I can be in a back article, right? I'm a back article girl. I'm not a cover girl. And so I don't know. And then I had to think, why? Why did I just do that to myself? Heck yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yes, strange. you are a cover girl and you deserve that. And look at what you can do. So sorry, I just interrupted you. So go back to your tip. <laughs> well, my tip is for you to stop and for you to start giving yourself love. Start loving all those scars that you're carrying. Start loving all those imperfections. Because what I want you to understand is every single imperfection that you have is what makes you unique and beautiful. And until you start loving them, that's why other people are resistant to loving them. Because you're not. You're hiding them. You're being like, oh, I would be okay if I didn't have this. I would be beautiful if I lost 15 pounds. If I, you know, had lips like that girl or I did. No, if you can't embrace yourself and love yourself, it makes people resist. Well, she doesn't like it. There must be something wrong. I want you to start loving all your imperfections. Let me tell you, that's one of the things we were talking about in the beginning. I am not perfect. But when you get to a certain age, you're like, I don't care. This is how I'm showing up. (laughs) I just want you to roll out as your authentic, beautiful self. God gave you all those imperfections and those scars. So how can they be imperfect? I want you to love them, embrace them. And I want you to say, I'm so glad. So glad I have this wart today (laughs) on the end of my nose. Because I'm going to shine it up. And that is my, that's my superpower for today. Start loving every single bit of yourself. And you know what? You're brain will make a shift. And as soon as you, your brain makes that shift, 
it will go out into the world and it is no longer an imperfection. It's your beautiful self. So I, it's, I know it's hard to do. <laughs> and I know we're super judgmental about ourselves. The other day, I even said that um, I had to have a little ultrasound and I didn't want my husband in the room because my stomach is my scary space because of all the surgeries I've had. And it's my wound, right? And um, I'm like, I don't want you to see my ickiness. And then I remembered, this man sees my ickiness all the time in many different ways, right? And he still loves me. So, And he's a doctor, by the way. So I'm finally like, you know what? Stay here and hold my hand. I'm good. And I have to start embracing and loving. That was my wound. That is what gave me my journey that I'm on right now. I am so grateful for this. God allowed me this journey, allowed me this growth, and allowed me this platform because of it to share hope with people who are feeling like I felt. So why am I hiding it and being embarrassed or thinking everything would be great if I had my stomach, you know, looking like it used to, but it doesn't, thank goodness, or I wouldn't be here today. Oh, that's beautiful. And, and so true. We are so hard on ourselves. I had an experience, and I think it was the mind shift for me that we're talking about, and it was last January. And it was my scars. I hid my scars. I hid the uckiness. And in so many ways, I hid it. I was trying to be a little more real and vulnerable, but I still didn't know what people would think if they really saw those scars of mine. And it wasn't until I began to see my scars for the the value, for the beauty that they are, that the real healing began. And this journey really began. And, And that is because, just like you, it's because of my scars. It's because of those wounds that I'm here, that care in the load exists. And I am so grateful to God for Him allowing me to have those experiences so that I could be here and on this journey. And I feel like I'm so much more, so much more beautiful because of the scars. Thank you for uh, being a part of this, this podcast. Jana, do you have anything else that you would, you want to share that, you know, you've thought about here and you thought, Oh, if I could just say one more thing, or is there anything else in this journey? Honestly, when you walk away from this podcast, if you take anything, it would be, please just be kind to yourself. You deserve love. You deserve kindness. You deserve everything you want. Be kind to yourself. Be good to yourself and love yourself. But when you're doing that, just remember, there's hope. If you're in a dark spot right now, and we all go through dark spots, even though like if you're in high school and you think it's a dark spot because someone said your shoes don't look great on you and you're like, oh my God, crying, right? Or it could be something much more tragic. You lost someone, you're going through you know, some kind of trauma. Dark spots are dark spots. I want you to know that there's hope. You come out of these, right? They, you come out of them. You come out of them with more power. You come out of them set on a different journey. So just know that there's hope and you're not alone in this. So important to remember there is hope and that you're not alone. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you have enjoyed our conversation with Jana as we discussed the power of hope, the power of encouragement, and the power of loving ourselves. Each of us have a story to share. 
Author Brene Brown reminds us that owning our story is the bravest thing you will ever do. The stories and experiences our guests share inspire us, as well as help us to grow and connect with others. We invite you to become a part of Karen the Load community through social media, as well as to share the site with those you know. We are stronger together. Keep Karen. Thank you.